All right. All those uh, kids who are kindergarten through fifth grade. Kindergarten through fifth grade, if you want to join us up front, you'll be going down for your lesson. If you're here visiting, uh, your, your children are going to go downstairs with uh, our, our leaders. They're going to have their lesson. And so, uh, uh, and, and they could be picked up directly after service uh, downstairs. And so we could lead you down there. Also, our three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and five-year-olds uh, are meeting in the back. So if, if they can make their way uh, that direction. Um, it is spring break, right? Uh, yeah. I hear woo. Our moms, are you really excited about spring? Yeah, yeah, teachers and, and all those administrators, yay for a week off, right? So uh, we're praying up our teachers to have that week that's, that's going to be good for them. Also uh, for our kids and, and parents, I hope you're having an opportunity maybe to spend some special time with your family and make good use of that. Uh, spring break. Uh, I don't enjoy it as much as I used to because my kids aren't home and we're going to go visit them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Poetry in Motion, that's been our series. We're about wrapping that up. Um, and and uh, as I think about Poetry in Motion, again, that verse, Ephesians 5, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, makes this, this great statement that we are God's workmanship. That's where we get that idea. I mean, does God make anything that is flawed and useless and, and isn't something that's wonderful and beautiful. We are God's workmanship. Uh, God, God doesn't do anything fake. You know that? God doesn't make anything that's fake, unreal, and, and just as, as empty, I would say. You know, and I think we don't like things that are fake, do we? Uh, we don't like fakeness. I mean, when I gave my wife her engagement ring... Uh, I purchased a real diamond, okay? What if I had purchased something, hey, it's under 100 bucks. This looks nice. Uh, do you remember the words cubic zirconia? You know, you know that was fake as all get out. But boy, it looked good. Why wouldn't that work? But uh, no, I got her something real, genuine. You know, it was something special. Uh, also, man, I don't like fake meat, are anybody with me? Now, now, there are some here who are going for the fake stuff, you know, vegetables and whatever it's made out of. I, I haven't even tried it, okay? I've got to be honest with you. I'm not really excited about fake. When, when Burger King came out with the, the fake Whopper, I love Whoppers. They, they have a fake Whopper. You know, it's not real meat. I'm not running to, to Burger King to buy a fake Whopper just to see, well, does it taste like meat? I, I want meat. You know, uh, matter of fact, I looked up to see, well, what do they make fake meat out of? You know, and I always knew is, you know, wheat byproduct and, and, and soy, but now they have corn. corn. And I'm not saying corn, I'm saying corn. Q-O, let me see, Q-U-O-R-N, corn. And, and it is a derivative of fungus. <laughs> Anybody excited about fake meat? Yeah, no, no, we're with it. I, I'm not... I'm not excited about fake meat. Um, there was a reason I even, as I was studying this, this scripture, that word fake came up. Matter of fact, one of the, the key words in the passage we're about to read, let me go ahead and tell you, it's James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And, and it, the, the key word I, I really grasped 
held on to was the word religion in this passage. Religion, religious religion. And, and uh, it, we're going to deal with uh, or, or address, first of all, that idea of fake. God uh, will not, uh, does not have a heart for fake religion. Uh, matter of fact, let, let me, let me un, unpeel that word religion here for us just a little bit. Religion, what is religion? Except it is the worship of God. It, it is not just Sunday morning. It is, it is you know, if you're religious, then, then that religion is, is what you live. It is what we live in, in worshiping God in every day, you know, that thought of, of, of uh, uh, observing, uh, even that thought of fearing God or having a healthy respect. That's probably a better way to put it, to having and living a life according to the idea that we have a healthy respect for God. Therefore, that's religion. Now, religion to us, we, we want to be known, we, we don't want to be known as religion. Are religious you know uh, it's okay to be identified as a Christian it's okay to be identified as a believer a follower of Jesus yeah name me all those things just don't call me religious it's kind of the the the, the way maybe many of us think I, and I do identify that because uh, there was a phrase that that I've even used hey it is about it, it's not about religion it's about relationship you familiar with that yeah, because that sounds so much better. Because I have this relationship with God. It's not about religion. But I want to let you know, James uses religion in this passage, in this text. So there is what we can identify, a religion that is right, that is good. There's also a religion that we can identify that is just absolutely absent of God. Or absent of really honoring God. Uh, I, I just think about Frederick Douglass. You know, in our history, within our history, Frederick Douglass was that slave uh, that, that became free and became, became a, a, a spokesman uh, for uh, freedom or for, for the, the doing away with slavery. Uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, he, he regarded being the slave of a religious master the greatest calamity that could befall him, he said. And, and, and he goes on to say, For of all slaveholders with whom I have ever met, the religious slaveholders are the worst. Meaning what? They were abusive. They claimed to be religious, and yet they were abusers. Are you familiar with that even today? People who claim to be religious and yet are awful people. We even think about a few politicians that have oh, claimed, Oh, yes, I believe in God, and yet... Uh, we know them as scoundrels. <laughs> or, or maybe you even work for someone who claims, has, has all the, the paraphernalia, maybe the bumper sticker and other things, and yet we can identify that there is nothing in their life that identifies them with a life lived in honor of God. Are you with me? So maybe that's why we don't have the best a view of that word religion because there is a lot of false religion around but again in our passage we're just about to read there is a religion that is good and honoring before God let's let's read the passage James chapter 1 verses 26 27 beginning verse 26 he said those who consider themselves religious 
and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. All right? Verse 27. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There is a religion that we'd say is acceptable before God. Uh, and, and, and God accepts a religion, I believe this, that, 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 that God will, will accept a religion that genuinely honors him. That genuinely honors him. A religion that is the real deal, not the fake. Uh, I, I want to go through this passage. There's... Um, and just be able to define for us what is the real deal? What is the uh, religion that is going to be acceptable before God? Therefore, let's begin here. Uh, in verse 26, I believe he makes this point. Religion, religion that is acceptable before God is not found in lip service. It is a religion that is genuine. Uh, lip service. When I say lip service, what do I mean? I mean uh, that is talk that has no substance. Or that is words that come out of our mouth, yet has no action. Matter of fact, James is, is big on, on, on speaking about this throughout his whole uh, letter. Talking about his speech, talking about words, talking about the tongue. He, he actually began, well, let's go back to 26. Let me read that again. He said, those who consider themselves religious and yet don't have control of their tongue, who, who don't have a tight rein on their tongue... Uh, they deceive themselves. Now, earlier he said in verse 19 that here's how, how we ought to speak. You know, we ought to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. He, he, he talks about speech. There's another. You could look at chapter 3 in this and talk about what an evil that the tongue creates. You know, it creates great disasters. And, and the, it, it controls us. And, and it goes into those details. The, the one thing about our speech is how we, a lot of times, in, in the things that we say, deceive ourselves, as it says in 26, that, that we might make great claims. I am a believer, I am a Christian, I am religious, and yet we, we don't show it in our lives. We, we deceive ourselves. I, I, I believe that's really in the context of what it says, because uh, James comes up and he brings an illustration beginning in verse 23 and 24 where he talks about, you know, the one who, who listens to the word and, 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 but doesn't act upon it is like a man who looks at himself in the mirror, studies it. Okay, there he is. But when he turns away from it, he immediately forgets what he looks like. He immediately forgets. The key word in that and the idea behind that is he forgets. Someone who listens to the word... And then turns around and, and immediately forgets it. It's worthless. It's forgotten. Hey, we ought to be a people who know the word. Who, who intently, as it, as, it, as it later says, to intently take that word in with the purpose of remembering and acting upon it. Matter of fact, I think the key, key verse, and I'd be really uh, neglectful if I didn't bring this up, but in verse 25, what he says is fantastic. He says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what he, 
what they have heard, uh, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. That's good religion. That's genuine. That, and and it, it, it is all about taking this in. When it says, listen, um, going back, it, it looks into the perfect law that gives freedom. What's he talking about? Well, we are under a law. Not, not the law of the Old Testament, right? Not all established by laws, and boy, you follow these laws. But the law that we are now under is the law of grace. The law of grace and mercy that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what we live. Again, it says the law that brings what? Freedom. The law that we're under now, that grace and mercy of God through the blood of Jesus, now has brought us to freedom. A freedom of forgiveness and release from our sinfulness. That, that is to be understood that is to be understood and to live under that law. That means as, as we have received that grace and mercy through Christ, now we are to live that grace and mercy in our life, to, to apply it. Uh, and I believe through that we are loving God and acting upon his word, acting upon a gospel message, listening to, to his direction for, for even the contents of what we're going to read in, in verse 27. It is about living a genuine life in him. And genuine life means through that grace and mercy, it is by living through his word. That's important. Verse 26, not through lip service, but through a genuine life lived for God. Uh, the second one, the next two actually comes through that verse 27. And, and I, I want to go to the end of verse 27 and begin there for this point. The point being made is this, that religion is acceptable to God. The religion that is acceptable to God is unstained. It's unstained. The, the, the phrase says this, you know, hey, that, 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 that is acceptable, that's pure and, and undefiled it is going to be one that we live uh, that where we keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's James' way of putting, putting it. This is actually a reminder for us because often when we're talking about the poetry in motion or what God has, the workmanship that God has done in us, He has cleansed us, He has brought us to a righteousness before God. And, and then James comes along and says, Hey, keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You know, don't sin don't continue in that sinfulness now last week i read the the same just for a reminder the passage we looked at last week was this P peter said it this way he said abstain from sinful desires which wage against your soul abstain from I mean, hey start at this place don't go into the sin don't even i mean let's tackle the desires themselves that go right to the source uh paul says it and I've repeated this again and again. It's throughout the New Testament how what, that, that reminds us that what God has brought us to through Jesus, live. And what he's brought us to is righteousness. What he's brought us to is we could be holy. Why? Because it begins through the forgiveness and the cleansing blood of Jesus, right? So Paul comes along in, in Romans chapter 12 and, and verse 2. He says, hey, no longer conform to the patterns of this world no longer conform to the pollution the sinfulness of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind see it's over and over there's a reminder laid out for you all again it's through his word that that's changing us it's through his word 
that we live. And no longer do we exist and, and do we run to sinfulness that we were used to before we met Christ. It, it is lives to be lived differently according to, to what Christ has done for us. Now, to the last or to the first part of verse 27, I, I think James makes this point. Religion that is acceptable to God responds to those in need. It responds to those in need. Uh, there, James makes, he, he says, hey, this is good and acceptable uh, uh, religion uh, when we look after orphans and widows. Now, in particular, those in need, predominant at that time, were orphans and widows. Orphans and widows represented two social classes uh, that were exploited, that were abused, that were neglected throughout Israel. And so, and I, I think we could even say those two groups are, are groups that we need to care for today. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? I mean, think about orphans. T- uh, talking about the word of orphans. Um, yeah, the, the idea that individually we have the opportunity to open our home to children who are without a home, whether through foster care or through adoption. Now, I, we have many examples throughout the congregation of those who have participated uh, in foster care, opening their home to someone. It might be someone extended within our family or, or it might be someone who is just in the foster care system, have opened their homes to, to those uh, in need of foster care. Uh, there are those who have opened their homes and have, through that system, adopted children. Those who are in need. And, and that's our encouragement. That, that action is said in the scripture to be uh, you know, true religion. Or, or a religion that is acceptable. What, it is that act of opening your home and doing something that... For, for someone else who needs our attention, our care. Now, there's definitely, be, you know, those through the faith have opened Christian homes. We, we as a church support Cooks and Hills, uh, Christian youth home uh, in Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma. I meant to, to maybe put these down so you can look them up. I'd love for you to look those up. You can find out from our missions team. Often on the board, you'll see material from them. But websites you could go to look at Cooks and Hills uh, Christian youth home who takes care of hundreds of kids who, who, who aren't in their home, aren't able to be in a home, whether through the court system or parents weren't able to care for them or they are orphaned. Uh, Linda and I had experience working with uh, Show Me Christian Youth Home in Missouri. One that's close to us is Alpha Christian Youth Home that we actually took a group over there and did some work for them a, a couple years ago. That there's an opportunity, and maybe we can't open our homes uh, for certain reasons, but there is definitely opportunities for to support, pray for, and encourage Christian youth homes, or even those who are working some foster care uh, within our own congregation. There, there's an opportunity to outreach into our community where there is a need in that area of, of children and, and, and orphans. There's also an area uh, we, we, when we talk about widows and taking care of those who are widowed, uh, widowers or, or, or excuse me, uh, those who have been widowed. Now, now Paul goes into more detail. First Timothy chapter five. You want to read some of that? Uh, Paul goes into the place of saying, "Hey, those who who uh, uh, those, those who have children should be taken care of by their children." That's actually their act of religion. Paul says that. 
that, that, that we ought to take care of our parents and, and our responsibility. But there are those who have no family. We have a few of those within our own congregation, and, and they are part of our family. They are part of our family, and, and we care for. There are those in our community that have no family. That, boy, if, if we, boy, if they're a neighbor or someone, it is an opportunity for you to practice your religion, a right religion, before God. Isn't that right? It opens the door. I know there's others. We're not just limited to orphans and widows, but there are other needs that we could actually look in our community. Matter of fact, one of the things we've been doing uh, in leadership, elders and, and ministers, we've been just asking that question. What is it that, that our community needs that, that perhaps we as a congregation to, could begin to, to say, you know, that's a need we could care for? So we've been asking questions, going into to maybe some school officials. We sat down with a principal uh, over at Eisenhower a while back and, and talked with him. Hey, what is it we need? We have some, uh, some of those teachers and, and uh, uh, school people that, that we work or that we, we, we talk to as well. What is the one need that you see for school? Or we could go to the hospital and do the same thing, administrators or, or others in the community, and just be able to ask, what is it that Junction City needs? Uh, one idea is military as well. Hey, we have a grand opportunity as, as you know, uh, people in Junction City. Uh, Craig Bender, I'm going to have Craig come on forward. Uh, Craig had said something to, to, to a couple of us uh, Matthew and myself about an opportunity that that fits right in here. Yeah, we have military uh, uh, single guys, ladies who come into our area knows no one, and and it's just an opportunity to care for and even uh, actually they call it an adoption program. Is that right? So I, I I'm going to use a little bit. I'm going to hand over a little bit of my time to Craig so he could introduce. I, I will tell you that Craig. Uh, works with the Chamber of Commerce, retired military. If you don't know Craig, uh, he now works, uh, his, his position is Military Affairs Council Director with the, the City Chamber. And so Craig has, has presented this, and we were excited about what he shared. So Craig, come and share with us this morning. All right, good morning, church. Uh, like Ronnie said, I'm Craig Bender. Uh, I've been coming here for about 10 years, and I'm the MAC Director for the Chamber. Uh, there's a program that we have uh, it was started by Phyllis Fitzgerald. A lot of you probably know Phyllis. She used to be a mayor and a city commissioner, and she's, you know, huge in our community. And the program's called Home Away From Home. Uh, I brought Jeremy up here. Uh, Karen and I have two soldiers that we've kind of adopted. And what the program does is it helps tie uh, community members to Fort Riley. So when soldiers come here, you know, you never know if they're 17, 18 years old. It's their first time away from home. They don't have any family nearby. They may not have any friends. And when they come through the Victory Welcome, which is when they get introduced to our community, they have a chance to sign up for our program. Um, and then what Phyllis does is she takes families in our community and partners them with soldiers. And so I have information on the back. Um, there's a slide, so if you just want to kind of flip through every 20 seconds, I'm not going to brief off of the slides, but I have copies of the slideshow in the back. And so what we're looking for is fam families that want to uh, adopt a, a soldier. And you can do one, you can do five. Uh, you can ask for a, a male or a female. Um, I think Jeremy is our first uh, officer. Um, normally they're enlisted soldiers just because they're younger. 
but everybody's welcome. And it's, if they're only, if they're a first or second time uh, person coming to a new location. And so it's just younger soldiers that may need help. You know, they may have come from a family where they were kicked out at 17, they just don't have a family. Uh, and you can really do as much or as little as you want. Uh, for us, you know, they've come over to Super Bowl parties, they've taken them to brigade baseball games, we had them over for Thanksgiving. Uh, if they deploy, we send them packages. And so it's really, you could have them over every weekend or you could have them over once a month. It's kind of whatever you want to work out with them. But I'm going to hand this over to Jeremy real quick just so he can kind of say what he's felt of the program so far. All right, thank you. Um, I think the Army is great, but on the weekends, the norm is, is to go out, party, and drink in a uh, less than healthy way. <laughs> uh, and the Army provides a lot for soldiers, um, but one thing they can't provide is a family, a community, and culture uh, that soldiers need. And this program uh, does that, along with uh, mentorship and stuff. Um, and I believe if this, if this program uh, could be widespread at, at every base and have the support it needs, it could be a, a big step to change the whole culture of the Army and be more uh, positive and, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So we have an amazing community. Uh, this church and this community is what brought Karen and I back here to retire. And I just want to help us spread what we have to offer uh, to our soldiers. So if anybody's interested, we have application forms on the back. And so we'd love to talk to you more about it if you're interested. You can also go to the chamber page under military affairs and all the information's under there. There's a handbook back there for uh, what are options out there. So um, thanks for letting me come up here. One last quick thing. So we're doing a spouse welcome on the 17th of March. So if we have any military spouses, uh, especially if your husbands are deployed, uh, we're going to bring you out into, into Junction City, drive you around, take you to some businesses, and just kind of show you a good time. So we still got about 10 spots open. That's on the 17th if you want to hit me up on that. Oh, so Karen wanted me to say one more thing. So, um, so Jeremy started off living in Manhattan, uh, but since then his fiance is getting ready to come back from a missions trip on Thailand, and they have just purchased a house in Junction City. So that's something that you know, we can do. We can bring him to Junction City and show him what our great community has to offer. So thank you. that just man to get outside of our walls there there is ministry there there's there's plenty of places to uh, live your religion to live a you know what I'm saying a right religion if you profess to be a believer if you profess to be a follower in Jesus uh, that's that's your religion it is not a bad term when it is genuine in you I think that's the one point we could bring out of this passage in James. It's not about making claims and not living it. It's about being real and true. It is not about making claims and then living as the world lives. It is about not being polluted by this world. But especially think about there's action, there's activity. Paul goes on in chapter 2 to say this is what faith is as well. Not just religion, but faith. A faith without works is dead. James says that. He lays that out. Hey, we want to be a people who are genuinely connected to God, right? We don't want to be here just kind of like, well, we're singing and we're, we're acting like it, but it's not true. I don't like fake. I don't think you like fake. And I know that God doesn't want or desire fake. In that passage, he says that kind of religion 
is worthless. And that's not what we want. We want the real deal. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Stop there, Ronnie. <laughs> Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for the opportunity we have, oh Lord, to live a life connected to you through Jesus. It comes through something real, through that death of Jesus upon the cross, through the shedding of his blood. Lord, willingly he went to the cross for us uh, in order that we may have an atonement, uh, a redemption, uh, 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 being purchased back to you that, that we could truly claim today that we are your children. Father, and, it, and we come into something that is real, your workmanship, something that is genuine, a, a life to be lived different from this world, not to continue in its stains, not to continue in its, its uh, flawed uh, actions, but to live a life that is one of righteousness, to, to live a life and to pursue a life of holiness. Oh, Lord, we still need to come before you with uh, requesting forgiveness. But, Lord, our pursuit, our, our love for that righteousness, Lord, ought to be growing and being strengthened within us. Help us, Lord, as a church to be in pursuit of that. Help us, Lord, then to get outside these walls and to minister to a community around us, whether it's in, in, in with, with a child who needs a home or, or whether it's a neighbor who is, who is alone, uh, without a, a spouse and needs care and concern, Lord, or whether it's our military or whether it's someone in the community that just needs uh, to be loved and, and, and given attention. Oh, Lord, help us go beyond ourselves. Lord, that's exactly what you did through Jesus. You reached way out for us. And I pray that our response, Lord, is going to be seen in our lives through our actions. Lord, we praise you again for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.